0: I, uh, I heard just recently that there was uh, a new fellow that started working as a bodyguard for the President of the United States. And he was brand new in the job and, you know, nervous, as you could imagine. Anyway, he saw someone look like they were going to throw an orange at uh, President Trump. And so he yelled out Mickey Mouse! And nothing happened. He goes, Mickey Mouse! And they went, what? what? He goes, oh, 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 Donald Duck! <laughs> so he was enthusiastic, but he wasn't quite right, was he? <laughs> I, I've been asked to bring you greetings from Andrew and Lois. They're, uh, they're still very busy in... Involved in the Gateway Church. Obviously, Andrew's uh, now uh, totally full time as a pastor. Isn't that amazing? And uh, the first time in 30 years or something that he's actually been able to just focus just on a church situation. Um, I just could open this up here. Oh, sorry. I had it open and it just jumped out. I just wanted to read to you. Um, The latest on Lois as you probably most of you would be aware that Lois has had major eye surgery her uh, retina had become detached a few weeks ago etc, etc and on last Wednesday it was she went back to the doctor again and it says that Lois has a good report retina healing well she goes back in a month to see the consultant and then mid-September will have a cataract operation hopefully then she'll be able to see right out of her right normally out of her right eye Um, as you some of you may be aware that as a result of the operation and they put a a gas bubble in the eye or some crazy thing um, and within a week the a cataract had grown straight across amazing isn't it i I didn't realize that lois was that old but anyway (laughs) um, i always thought that was an old person's old person's thing but so continue to pray for her um, we saw her last weekend and she's uh, good spirits and so on, but it's been a, a bit of an ordeal for her, as you can imagine. And um, and the worst part of it is that uh, Andrew's had to be her nurse. <laughs> so we pray for Lois. <laughs> I, I, I just really cannot imagine an Andrew in a nurse's uniform. I just can't... And even if I could, I wouldn't want to, you know, <laughs> in that sense. If you got your Bibles, if you would, would you turn with me to Mark chapter 10, please. Mark chapter 10. And we're going to pick it up in verse 46. Mark chapter 10, verse 46. And um, we're going to have a look at the Word of God together. It says... Then they reached Jericho, and as Jesus and his disciples left town, a large crowd followed him. A blind beggar named Bartimaeus, son of Timaeus, was sitting beside the road. When Bartimaeus heard that Jesus of Nazareth was nearby, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Be quiet, many of the people yelled at him. But he only shouted louder. Son of David, have mercy on me. When Jesus heard him, he stopped and said, Tell him to come here. So they called the blind man. Cheer up, they said. Come on, he's calling for you. Bartimaeus threw aside his coat, jumped up and came to Jesus. What do you want me to do for you, Jesus asked. My Rabboni, the blind man said, I want to see and Jesus said to him, Go, your faith has healed you. Instantly the man could see, and he followed Jesus down the road. May the Lord just open this word to us today. I am aware and conscious that it's a shorter service today, so I'll only half preach and half sentences, okay? <laughs> right. I'll only use 30 second minutes instead of 60 second minutes, and we'll do it. To understand this passage we have to understand something about the gospels the amazing thing about the gospels is that as they're written so often the stories are dovetailed together in this account we have a story of a blind man being healed but before that if you got the time to look at it and go and read it when you go home there's a story of a rich young ruler or a rich young man that came to visit jesus And says to him, good master, what must I do to be saved? Or, good master, what what good things do I need to do to be able to inherit eternal life? And Jesus begins to talk to him and says, well, keep these commandments. The young man says, well, I've already done that. What else do I have to do? And Jesus said, well, there's one thing you lack. Go sell everything you have and give it to the poor and then come and follow me. Amazing. Amazing. And the young man goes away very sorrowful and very sad because he was quite wealthy and goes away. And Jesus says it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than it is for a rich man to enter heaven. And the disciples are absolutely stunned. They are shocked beyond shock. You see, culturally, their concept was that if you were wealthy, it meant that God's favor and blessing was upon you. It meant that God's favor and God's blessing had given you the wealth and that every uh, Jewish person wanted to be wealthy. They wanted to have the favor of God. Remember, have you ever seen uh, Fiddler on the Roof? Ever seen Fiddler on the Roof? If I was a rich man, you know? And that famous statement he says, they tell me, God, that, that riches are a curse. And he says, well, God, curse me and make sure I don't recover. This, that's the attitude that carried down through the, through, the, through the millennium. And so the same here. They said, well, who then can be saved? It just blew them away. Who could be saved? And Jesus says, with man things are impossible. but With God, all things are possible. And I want you to review this message today in the light of that question. Who then can be saved? Because this rich man, he would have been dressed in the finest. He would have had the best coat on. And I want to, if I was to put a title to this message, I'd call it the, the tale of two coats. There was the best of coats and there was the worst of coats. The rich man had a very expensive coat that had probably gold thread the whole lot. And then there was a beggar on the side of the road who had what's known as a beggar's coat, beggar's cloak, the tail of two coats. And we find here that Jesus, in a sense, rejects the status quo of what they thought was going to be the way and the blessing and the important one that Jesus would give his attention to, blows that away. And we find that the one who is blessed, the one who finds the favour of God, Is a blind beggar by the name of Bartimaeus sitting by the roadside dressed in an old coat. The contrast here, and you find this all the way through the Gospels, that you'll find that every story links to another story as the contrast of the truth is being revealed. The disciples are arguing who's going to be the greatest. And Jesus deals with that. There's an incredible amount of questions in this passage. But we come to this part here and we have the story of Bartimaeus sitting by the roadside. The, the, the analogy of this, to put it into modern terms, is that there was around about the time of the Passover which meant there was just hundreds of thousands of people milling around trying to get into Jerusalem or just coming out of Jerusalem and the way I looked at this, uh, I, w- we worship at Andrew's Church in um, firm game on, Bridgeton, and I've made the mistake of being there when there's an old firm game on. And the, the number of people that turn up is incredible, but when they come out, they're even louder. And it's just, you can't move. They just take over the streets. You, the cars are stopped. Everything is just absolutely Amazing. Uh, to an Australian it's mind-boggling. But anyway, and there's a similar way. That's what was going on at this particular time. There was crowds everywhere. And Jesus is walking along with his disciples and there comes this voice that begins to be heard. Jesus, Son of David, have mercy upon me. Now, I want you to think about the noise that was going on, the, 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 the rubble, the, the people, the people that were jostling for position. Jesus, look at me. I'm the provost. I'm the, I'm the mayor. Look at me. I'm a politician. Look at me. Look at me. Look at me. I'm a wealthy businessman. Look at me. Look at me. Look at my children. There would have been just absolute commotion. Jesus is marching along in the midst of the crowd. There would have been sheep and goats and there would have been everything happening. And Jesus stops. I want to ask you a question this morning. What is it that stops Jesus in the midst of his tracks? What is it about this blind Bartimaeus that stopped Jesus in his tracks from where he was going? It's a fascinating story. The rich young ruler in the previous part of the passage said good teacher or good, good master. And Jesus says to him, hey, wait a minute, wait a minute, whoa, 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 before we get into the, the, the bulk of this conversation, why do you call me good? And it doesn't seem to get an answer, there's no mention of an answer, maybe he did, maybe he didn't. But I think Jesus was fishing. I think Jesus was trying to find out why he called him good. Because he said, why would you call me good? There's no one good except God. What are you trying to say here? And I think the rich young ruler just knew etiquette. He was sort of like one of those, those Englishmen. Well, there, my good man. You know? Oh, there, hello there, my good man, he'd say. Or whatever. Or you're a good teacher. Or my good fellow. You know? Or we say in Scotland, you're a good laddie or something like that. A bonnie laddie. Oh, you're a bonnie laddie. Anyway, he... Um, And Jesus is looking to find out if he really understood who he was. He's a teacher, by all means. He was a prophet, yeah, he was all these things, but did he really know who this Jesus was? And as Jesus is walking along, all of a sudden, he hears this this title being yelled at him. Jesus, son of David. And Jesus stops. Son of David. The son of David was the actual name of the Messiah. It was a name that was designated only for the king of Israel. The king, when he came, would be known as the son of David. And so when Jesus hears this guy yelling out, son of David... All the rest are talking to Jesus and saying, I like you this, I like that, I like that about you, you're this and that. But all of a sudden, here's this voice that's saying, my Messiah, my King, the King of Israel, you are the King, King, Son of David, Son of David, have mercy upon me. And there is this incredible drawing that comes from Jesus to this guy, the people say to him, shut up, you old fool, you Egypt, you numpty, shut up. He's not interested in an old beggar like you, an old blind beggar, no, shut up, be quiet. And it says, he shouted even louder. You know, I remember when I first became a Christian, back 42, 43 years ago, I told my mates at the pub, I said, I think I might go to the, to that church and see what it's all about. They shouted even louder at me, don't be an idiot, sit down and have another beer. Don't get too religious, don't, just have another. Here, have some cigarettes, have some. You know, Isn't it amazing how the devil offers you stuff? Have a beer, have, a, have whatever you want. Don't get too religious. But you know, I had to shout louder in myself and decide to go and I went and I got saved, wonderful admittedly first of all I was going there looking for girls I was sick of pub chicks, I was looking for church chicks I was looking for Galvation not salvation and um, and I met Jesus which is great they said be quiet but he shouted even louder I found this absolutely fascinating I looked up the word that says cry out to call out and the actual word in the Greek means to croak. To croak. Can you imagine? Is this guy going, croak, croak, <laughs> croak, 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 croak. What it actually is trying to say is, You ever, you ever seen an old bullfrog or a frog and you try to find them? You can never find them, can you? They've got, they got this sound that just penetrates through other sounds. And I reckon that when he cried out, Jesus, son of David, there was a croak about it, meant there was a different sound than every other sound that was around. Do you see what I'm saying? And Jesus heard the croak. <laughs> Jesus heard and it. And actually says that when they told him to shut up, he actually croaked louder. <laughs> Amazing. And they heard a different sound. They heard the sound of somebody who was crying out for the Messiah. Now here's an interesting thing. Blind Bartimaeus was the only person in that whole area that could actually see who Jesus was. Everyone else could see him in the physical, but Blind Bartimaeus couldn't see him in the physical, but saw him for who he was the Messiah, the king, the Savior of Israel. He remembered the promise. He remembered the promise. Let me read it to you. There was a promise in Isaiah 35:5 it says, "The eyes of the blind shall be open, the ears of the deaf shall be open, the lame shall leap like a deer, and the dumb, the tongue of the dumb shall sing, talking about the coming of the Messiah. He knew that if this was the Messiah, which he believed it was, that one of the signs that the Messiah had come is that he would open the eyes of the blind. No wonder he croaked. He was like a happy old bullfrog. And they couldn't shut him up. Because he was excited because he knew that the Messiah Anointing and calling was to open the eyes of the blind. A Greek commentator by the name of West, he actually says that when Jesus cried when 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 Bartimaeus cried out, "Jesus, have mercy upon me!" In the Greek, it means Jesus, have mercy upon me immediately, immediately. It was like you've come now; do what you've said you're going to do. I was encouraged that word that you brought about somebody here that has lost hope or needs to have hope and to realize that to cry out now. I thought, whoever that person is, start croaking. (laughs) Croak, 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 croak. But the reality of it is that he understood that when he cried out to the king, one of the duties of the king was to open the eyes of the blind. And he says, I'm a candidate for that. Let me see him for what he is. Amazing. Amazing. He was known as Blind Bartimaeus or Bartimaeus the Blind Beggar. Isn't it amazing how we like to label people? We like to give labels to everything, don't we? You know, in the Bible there's Simon the Sorcerer. Rahab the harlot. That would be a nice name, wouldn't it? There's Simon the Pharisee. The amazing thing about them was they all had the same middle name. That's one of Robert's jokes, by the way. Yeah. So you can give me that five quid, Robert, for giving you the credit for that one. You know, even, even on, was it uh, still game, there's uh, a methadone mick, isn't there? <laughs> we like to put labels on people and whatever. But the amazing thing is that, that every human being has what we theologically call the uh, residual image of God in them. When God made man, he made him in his own image, his own likeness, formed him out of the dust of the earth and breathed in him the breath of life. That's why men, in particular, don't worry about dust and dirt because it's from dust and dirt that we came, so it's not a problem. Women, they came out of the side, so they don't like dust and dirt. But men don't mind dust and dirt. Is that right? I said to Kerry once, I said, Look at all the dust and the dirt underneath the bed. I said, God is either, someone's coming or going underneath the bed. We don't know who it is. But anyway, the the, the residual. When man fell, he lost the glory of God. He lost the, the ground of glory and honor and all that we know and became a sinner. But still residual in every human being is the image of God. And when we label people, when we group categorize people, our, our politicians today are in that category where we have a whole area of, 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 of popular stuff. If someone believes such and such, we put them into a group. If someone believes that, we put them into that group. If someone, that we put them in... And we now are categorized by groups instead of individuals. Is that right? Even though you belong to a group, doesn't mean that you haven't got an individual thought. But that's not the way we deal with politics. That's how we deal with with business, that's how we deal with things today because we like to put a label on things but I want to say that uh, by the end of this meeting I want you to respond to God not out of a category because you're a part of this church but out of an individual that has the residual image of God who's been born again and now is a part of the kingdom of God and have the right to cry out and call out in that sense so this Bartimaeus labelled a beggar was now in a position of crying out the question is still in the ears and the minds of the disciples who can be saved the rich young rulers he's drifted off somewhere else he's no longer around there's a crowd of people that expect this and all of a sudden Jesus stops And pulls the most insignificant person out and brings them and asks them to come to him. He's saying, come. Come. Why? Because the croak of Jesus, son of David, indicated that this guy saw Jesus as king. And Jesus was always preaching about the kingdom, wasn't he? The kingdom of God is at hand. The kingdom of God is near. The kingdom of God is coming. The kingdom of God is here. Know this: that the kingdom of God is being manifest. The eyes of the eyes eyes of the blind are being opened, and so this Bartimaeus is drawn to Jesus, and he comes to Jesus. I meditated about this and thought about this and you know that when someone's blind or they're deaf or whatever the case if you lose one of the senses the other senses become sharper, is that right? You know what I mean? It becomes sharper you know, all your spidey senses you know, Spider-Man spidey senses are tingling? And I hear, he could hear stuff and it says that when he heard that Jesus was coming he began to cry out I think he sensed something that he never sensed before. I think he sensed something that he'd never ever experienced before. He sensed, number one, royalty was there. He sensed it. Number two, he sensed the presence of God. That the presence of God was no longer just abiding in Israel, but there was now... A manifest presence of God. What does the Bible say? That God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself. He was God in the flesh. And his spider senses are ooh, what is that? What is that? He sensed that there was royalty. He sensed that there was a king in the midst. He sensed that there was the presence of God. And as he sensed that, he reached out for it. He cried out, no matter what stopped him. And as that croak, that sound that was different than all other sounds reached the ears of Jesus, he cried out, come, come. And all the people changed their attitude. All the people's attitudes changed. They said, he's calling for you. He's he's calling for you. Come, come on, come on. And I want you to see something here today. Do you know that clothing often indicates things? The rich young ruler would have been clothed in the finest. The beggar had a beggar's cloak. A beggar's cloak was a very precious thing to a beggar. It indicated that they were a beggar. It gave him an identity. You know that in 14... 47 or 1474 in the Scottish Parliament records there was a record that there were so many beggars in Scotland that the government instituted what they call the beggar's badge the beggar's badge and the beggars had to wear a badge that gave them legitimate and legal rights to beg incredible if you go to some of the museums you will see them right up into the 17th, 18th, 19th century you will see beggars' badges that are in Scotland that where the government and the, the, the local areas and shires gave people a beggars' badge. So for Robert to play saxophone and beg, he would have to have a special badge to do it, issued by the um, was it East, West Lothian here, East Lothian, wherever it is, badge that says, Licence to Beg beggars belief doesn't it but anyway he (laughs) but in those days it was a coat it was a coat it was known "Do you know that the old testament you were forbidden to take someone's coat if someone owed you something and they gave you their coat you had to give it back to them by the evening coats were very important it's a fascinating study and it actually says this that when they said to him come on come on come on, that this is what happens. He gets up, and this is what I think he said. He said, my king is asking for me. My king is calling for me. I am his subject. I am his servant. I am his one of his. My king is asking for me. And these people saying, come on, get up, get up. And he got up and it says he cast off his beggar's coat. Because he was not going to his lord and master. He wasn't going to his king as a beggar. He was going to his king as a subject and a citizen of the kingdom of Israel. That's interesting, isn't it? We don't go to God as beggars. We don't come to God begging. We come to God as subjects of the kingdom of God. Amen? That's what it says. It says that we can come timidly and ashamedly and like a beggar to the throne of God, to the throne of His grace. Is that what it says? My Bible says that we can come boldly before the throne of grace. You know, my kids, when they were living at home, never once did they come timidly to the refrigerator. <laughs> never once did they come timidly to the lolly jar, to the, to the sweetie jar. They would come in, <laughs> in boldly and grab whatever they want. Like they do. You know, book, 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 book. Can you mind if I drink the milk, Mum? Oh, go, go, So they'd already gone. Because they knew they were in our house. They were and, and they never ever came, oh my father, I beg you, I'm a, oh please, sit there with a bowl. Can I have the car keys, please, please, please? They'd have the car keys and it started before they'd asked. The Bible says that we can come boldly before the throne of grace and there we can obtain mercy and find grace. Is that right? And I tell you what, if we can get the church to realise that we don't just get the mercy of God, but we get the grace of God. Too many Christians come before God, oh God, I'm blinded again, oh no. I'm... And God's saying, but you haven't got all of it. Wait, 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 wait. Wait, no, I'm fine. I'm... And we go out with mercy. But God doesn't want to just give us mercy. He wants to give us grace as well. To be overcome, to be victorious, to be able to have impartation, have life, have his anointing. So we don't have to just be constantly coming back, being forgiven. We can actually be overcomers. We can be more than conquerors through Christ. I think I told you this before, that that I had a friend who was a boxer. And he would go out and box. He had all this boxing going on. And he'd win. And when he won, he'd come back with a broken nose and a black eye. And he'd have, you know, ears bleeding and wrapped up, everything like that. And he'd come back. And he was a conqueror because he'd won. And as soon as he walked into the house, his wife stuck a hand out for the check. And he gave her the check. He was a conqueror, but she was more than a conqueror. Is that right? And God wants to say to you that you don't have to just keep on conquering. You can be more than a conqueror because he wants to give you mercy and grace and to come boldly before the throne of Almighty God. And this blind man threw off his cloak. He was no longer going to be identified as a beggar. He knew he was going to be healed. He knew he was no longer going to be the blind man sitting by the roadside. as Bartimaeus blind Bartimaeus he knew his identity was being changed he knew he was going to be in a new position he was going to be a productive citizen in the kingdom of Israel because he's going to meet the king you should sing that song soon and very soon we are going to see the king you remember that one boy that's digging up from the ark in the eh? day I think Noah sang that one but look he came in that way so, can you come out here, please? Yep. Can you come <laughs> here? No, you can cast off your coat if you want. You can. Sorry. Okay. Just there. Stand there. Okay. I'm blind Bartimaeus. Okay? You, you with me? You know, you know what a blind man... You know, what, you know what happens with blind men? They can't see, can they? You know why? Because they're blind. Very good. <laughs> what a brilliant answer what a brilliant answer well I'm blind I've cast off my coat I'm not going to this king as a beggar I'm going as a subject laddie laddie come here laddie come take me to the king take me to the king I'm not going as a beggar I'm going as a son of the kingdom I'm a citizen of the kingdom bring me to Jesus I want to see Jesus the son of David I want to see Jesus, the son of David. Thank you. Thank you, lad. Thank you, lad. (laughs) I'll recognize you when I can see, okay? (laughs) And he stands there and Jesus says to him, what is it that you want? Probably a cheeky little fellow would have said, it's obvious, Jesus, he wants to see. But, you know. <laughs> he says, the, the king asks him, what is it that you want? And I think all the promises, all the things that went on, all the things that he learned in, in Sabbath school and all the stuff that he'd heard and all the stories and all the preaching that he'd listened to, comes, he will open the eyes of the blind. And he said, Rabbi, Rabboni, Lord, Master, that I might see. And Jesus said to him, "Go your way. Go your way. Your faith has made you well." Hey, I can see. I can see. I can see. I can see. Are you the kid that helped me? You're the little, you the wee lad that helped me. Yeah. I can't hear. I'm deaf now. What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. Hey. Very good. That's the king. That's my king. That's your king. That's him. That's him. He's the king. Did you know that? No. You didn't know that? <laughs> Jesus, this is... What's your name? Bucky. Okay. <laughs> You're the king. Amen. Thank you for bringing me to the king. Appreciate that. Thank you. Give him a clap. He a good day. the Bible says that there's so much in this story that you could just write a book on it really the incredible depth of revelation but you know the amazing thing that, that, that I want to say to you today as we close is that I love theology, I love doctrine I love it like ice cream I, I, I love listening to theologians and I love studying doctrine and I love teaching doctrine and theology all that stuff. But you know what? It's all necessary. It's all great. We need it. But you know what? It really doesn't come down to that. It comes down to an encounter with Jesus. That's what it comes down to today. An encounter with Jesus. All the theology of the kingdom of God and who the king was, the Messiah, all that stuff. Yes, it helped Bartimaeus build his hope and be made him a good croaker but the cold hard reality was that when he encountered the king when he encountered jesus when he'd gone from that place of just the abiding presence into a place of the manifest presence of god courage you in this church and change forever and i want to encourage you in this church to value what you've got and to go deeper to go further to get hungrier to croak louder (laughs) to praise with all your might so that when you're in the midst of God there is that sense of moving from the abiding presence into the manifest presence and that the king begins to do what he is sent to do the promises that we have in the New Testament far exceed the promises they had in the Old Testament. We have this promise that he will never leave us nor forsake us, that we can boldly say, God is my helper, I'll not fear what man will do unto me. We've got got promises in the New Testament, better promises, better covenant, better priesthood, better sacrifice, better, 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 better. And as we come before him, don't come as a beggar, come with that croak of, God, I come to you. And I want the encounter with you today. Let's bow our heads. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this story of a real incident in the life of a blind man who met Jesus. But he didn't just meet the historical flesh and blood Jesus. He met the eternal Son of God. He met The King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. He met the Messiah, the one and only. And Lord, as we are here today, that we're not here to come to you as a beggar. We're not coming to you begging for your mercy or begging. We come, Lord God, with boldness. We come as your children. We come with that cry in our heart that says, Jesus, Son of David, have mercy upon me immediately. Let that healing of the back, the healing of the thigh, the healing of the ankle, the healing of the heart, the emotional trauma, the the memories, whatever they are, God, immediately fulfill your role, fulfill your commission as King and Master and Lord, as Saviour. And just as we are waiting, Bartimaeus could have done what he always did and used the coat and used his blindness as an act of sympathy and an act of compassion and to try and get sympathy and compassion from people to give him money. He decided not to do that. He decided to come with whatever there was still residue within him as being in the image of God. In that residue image of God, he came as a son of the kingdom, as a son of the king and received the miracle. I want you to come before the Lord right now. Whatever your need is, whatever your situation is, Jesus is saying, come. Come, what is it that you want? What is it that you want? What is it that you want? He said, it was done under him according to his faith. We had an extended service, we could have an older call and Pray particularly for people. But I don't feel to do that in any way today. I feel that the the, the, the the presence of the King is here in our midst and he's saying to any one of you and each one of you, come. Come. What is it that you want? And then you can go from this place following Jesus with another capacity of understanding of who he is hope restored confidence rekindled a buzz within your spirit you can have your body healed, strength restored vision renewed you no longer have to be blind but you can now see. Once was blind, but now I see. Once was lost, but now I'm found. Hallelujah. Father, I ask it in this meeting that the Holy Spirit will just continue to do a work in the lives of these people that you would meet them. What is it that you want? Lord Jesus, minister right into that circumstance here and now. There's an incredible sense of the presence of God here right now. God's presence is here. The presence of the king is here. Whenever you walk into the throne room or a a chamber where royalty is, especially a king or a queen, the terminology that's used even in earth is you actually enter into the presence which is a reflection of what it means to be before the Lord of all heaven, is to be in the presence. And we are in the presence. Presence. With the King. And we are in the presence. What is it that you want? Jesus, minister and heal. Touch. Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.